My name is Cyrus. I'm a student who believes in empowering education. And you're listening to Awakening the Unawakened Show, a weekly podcast where important people share important messages. Welcome, huge and amazing folks to a brand new Awakening the Unawakened Shows episode. Happy Monday, everyone. I really hope you're all doing great today. We have on board a really special guest, and I would like to thank him for giving us the opportunity to have a chat with him. His mother was a psychic who used to find missing and lost children for the Seattle, USA area police department. He learned how to contact spirits from the other side at a young age, what has led him to a stunning amount of more than 24 solid years of experience in related areas. Welcome to the show, Ted Marr. How are you doing, Ted? I'm fine. This is great to be here. I, uh, it's amazing with this technology. It's almost like we're in the same room. <laughs> isn't yeah, it? indeed. It's, it's really cool <laughs> to have you here, Ted. So um, I'm on the west coast of the United States, about an hour south of Seattle in a little town called Olympia, Washington. Um, I broadcast, uh, I do broadcast on three different platforms. I broadcast on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific time on BBS radio. Um, that, and that's uh, t- to listen to my show. You can go to bbsradio.com. Um, then on, on Fridays, I broadcast from uh, uh, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Time in Miami, Florida on WWNN. And then finally, on, on every other Monday, and that's probably going to expand, I broadcast for two hours on um, Radio Soul International in Vienna, Austria, in both uh, German and in English. So I have a worldwide audience and um, my, the purpose of all my shows, their nonprofit, is to make this world a better place. So that's what I devote my life to 24-7. So That's great, Ted. And you know guys where to find him. And you should really check him out because he has really important things to say, actually. So, Ted, mm-hmm. um, tell us about your background when it comes to your awakening and everything that you know, really. Okay, in 25 words or less? <laughs> yeah, try to. <laughs> okay, I will. Well, first off, my website is www.outofthisworldradio.net. And if you, if you go there, you can get all the broadcast information. Uh, talks a little bit about my background, too. I've been broadcasting since um, 2000, uh, November 2013. And, um, and it's, it's a long story, everything that happened in, in January of 1978. I was hit head on by a drunk driver at about 110 miles an hour. Um, and he was going about 60 or more. I was going 50 miles an hour, uh, approximately. And I was driving a little Volkswagen Beetle. And when a big American car hits a little Volkswagen Beetle, um, mm-hmm. the Beetle tends to disintegrate. So my head hit the steering wheel at 110 miles an hour. It split my jaw in half. I won't go into details because it gets kind of messy, but I ended up... Yeah. Uh, losing 10% of hearing in my right ear and tinnitus in, 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 in both ears. And then, um, so I, um, um, but I, I lived through it and I had a, what's called a near-death experience where I was told by God or the supreme being, the creator, if you will, um, to, uh, to, that I had important things to do and it, it wasn't my time yet to leave. And so um, I carried that with me. Um, and one of the things is um, one of the things that that happened is that I, I came away from that experience with a deep appreciation of life 
and, and to value life very, very highly. Um, I went through school. I ended up getting four degrees in five different subjects. I worked for, uh, for over 20 years as an attorney, but it never really, um, it never really, really made me very happy. I, uh, um, I had a series of clients. I got tired of representing people who wanted to lie, steal, and cheat um, to get out of various things, and I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I was getting, I was getting paid a very good income, but I couldn't, didn't. I just got to the point where I spiritually just couldn't do it. So, um, uh, coming, but um, so I, 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 I gave me a lot of time um, to after that to think about what's the purpose of life. Why am I here? And the message I got was that I actually had been through all of this before uh, in Atlantis 12,500 years ago. And when I was in Atlantis, um, I was there at a time when there were negative uh, forces trying to destroy the planet um, uh, uh, during the Atlantean time 12,500 years ago. And they just, they were successful. They destroyed much of the planet. Um, at that time, I tried to stop, um, stop, the, um, stop what was happening back then, but we all failed. But you know, Shakespeare was right. We're all kind of, we're like actors upon a stage and um, we're all back again on this same stage to see if, to, to help the planet ascend and help humanity ascend. So I realized my purpose in life was to make this world a better place and help with the ascension. And, um, but then I wondered, well, how can I do that? And uh, I'd been raised in a psychic family where my foster mother would help the Seattle Police Department find missing and lost children. And so she taught me how to uh, contact the other side. And so I've been in contact now with the other side for well over 25, 26 years. And for me, it's, it's as normal as talking to you, Aris, on this interview, as it is to talk to spirits on the other side. So I've been very fortunate about that, um, to do that. So um, it was funny. I was in two different libraries in the Seattle area um, when I was doing some work and research. I love libraries. And... Uh, uh, this homeless man came up to me and he said two things. He addressed me by my name. He said, Ted, you need to um, have your own radio show and start writing books. And then I looked around and he'd gone, poof, gone. He was an angel. Wow. And then about four to six weeks later, I was in another library doing some work and I love reading. So um, I was reading this book and another fellow comes up to me um, and he says, said same thing. He said, Ted, you need to start your own radio shows and start writing books and then i looked around and he he left poof vanished out of the blue out of the thin air and then i scratched my head and i said you know i think the angels are trying to tell me something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know you keep getting these messages so then um i asked my angel guides i said well i, I well, how do i start a, how do i go into radio i had no idea how to do it and i do like writing and um, I've written articles before that have won awards, but I didn't really know much about writing a book. Book, um, but I did. I did love to write. So then um, I asked for angelic help, and sure enough, um, about a month month or two later, uh, I met this uh, wonderful lady who um, happened to be friends with the manager of this radio show in Seattle on KKNW, and she ended up um, arranging a um, meeting with him uh, for me. Or I ended up getting a meeting with him through, through her, her friendship with him. And within 45 minutes, I'd signed a contract to do my own radio show. That was back in the fall of 2013. And I, after I signed this contract, I said to myself, what have I done? 
<laughs> because <laughs> the cost for the show were $800 a month. But, and at the time I had, I was doing some consulting work, but I had no steady employment. And I talked to my angels and say, don't worry about it. We'll get you support. It'll be donation. People will donate to keep you on the air. And I haven't looked back since. Um, it's been very successful. Uh, about uh, within five or six months after starting my, my show, um, it was just an hour program in the afternoon. Um, they said my ratings were the highest of all shows on that station. And they expanded it. They said, we want you to do a second hour. So I started a second hour. And so for seven years, from 2013 all the way through the end of July 2020, I was on KKNW in Bellevue, Washington. Um, during that time, my listenership uh, just exploded. Um, I, um, I ended up um, getting you know, tens of thousands of listeners all over the world. And uh, it turned out to be very successful. Um, and then at the end of July, though, this uh, summer, a couple months ago, I decided to expand my uh, radio show to uh, BBS Radio in San Francisco, which also has a large worldwide uh, audience, as well as in Miami, Florida on WWNN and Radio Soul International in Austria, in German, uh, Austria, in, in Vienna, Austria. The Vienna show is in half German and half English. But so every, everybody who speaks at least English or German can understand it. Yeah. Um, and in uh, BBS radio, I think I was on, I started there at the end of June. And by um, now I have something like well over 150,000 listeners on YouTube. It's the highest rated program of all the shows on BBS radio. It's an online platform. But I get wonderful support from producers there. Don and Doug are just wonderful. And I, and I can't say enough too about the support of the show from my producer, Freddie, at WWNN in Miami, Florida, as well as Gerhard in Austria. They're all wonderful people, and they provide such wonderful help to me. I couldn't do it without their help, and I want to give a big big shout-out and thanks uh, to, to them all for their, for their help. The purpose of my shows is to make this world a much better and happier place, and I know that if we all work together, we can make this planet a much better and happier place. The... Um, the other thing happening, too, is what's called the Schumann Residence is rapidly rising on planet Earth. For tens of thousands of years, the frequency of planet Earth, it's called the Schumann Residence, named after a German scientist with the last name of Schumann. I don't remember his first name, but Dr. Schumann. <laughs> Dr. Schumann. So, you know, anyway, so Dr. Schumann found that the Earth back in the 19th century has this resonance, this frequency around the planet. And it was 7.8 hertz. And since that time, the, the frequency of planet Earth has just skyrocketed. And um, it first started in September 2016, when the Schumann residence of Mother Earth uh, doubled to from 7.8 hertz to 13.8 hertz. And since that time, it has gone well above 500, uh, 500 hertz uh, in, in some parts of the planet, um, especially around Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta is a uh, portal to the hollow earth, and I can get into that in a minute. Um, but the vibrational, the frequencies around Mount Shasta are getting very, very high. Um, one thing you should know, and I've got a, um, a tuning fork here to show you, um, the frequency of love is 528 hertz. And um, I've got a tuning fork here that's 528 hertz, along with what I call a Lemurian crystal from, from the hollow earth. And when you hit both together, When you hit both together, you send out this frequency of love, which is 528 hertz. Mount Shasta now, here we go. 
Mount Shasta now is is going into this this vibration of love. It's actually above the 528 hertz level. And when I'm there, um, you feel like you're floating around because you are in a much higher dimension. Um, the entire earth now is shifting into the uh, fourth dimension and it will quickly shift into the uh, fifth dimension. Mount Shasta is the first place on planet earth to shift from the third to the fourth into the fifth. The completion of this shift in, by Mount Shasta into the fifth will happen, is happening now, will be completed in the next couple of months. Um, um, when I'm at Mount Shasta, I go there usually two or three times a year. Many miracle healings happen. And I'll give you an example of one now. Uh, yeah. For the past 40-odd um, years, I've, I've had blurry, farsighted vision in my right eye. In other words, when I looked in my right eye at an object, the images would be blurry. As far vision, near vision was okay, but far side division was not okay. And um, one night, about a year ago, I was asked by Adama, the high priest of, of Telos, and I'll get into that in a minute, explain what Telos is, uh, at Mount Shasta if I wanted perfect eyesight. And I said, yes, I'd love perfect eyesight. And um, so he, um, he restored my eyesight to 20, 2010 crystal clear vision. Because then the next morning when I woke up, I, I woke up and the trees were no longer blurry. Everything was totally crystal clear and it's still that way today. Um, two, thousand, two, two years ago, uh, another miracle happened. I've been working for 20, uh, 24-7 for many years. Um, first as an attorney and now as a psychic with my own radio show and writing books. And it's taken a lot of work. Um, and um, my heart was wearing out. And they asked me if I wanted a new heart. And I said, sure. Um, I told them, as long as it's on sale. No, they, I didn't say on sale. But anyway, <laughs> they, they got me a new heart. And um, so, um, uh, you know, it's kind of like bringing in, a, bringing in a car and getting the oil changed and you know, new spark plugs and everything. Well, I'm all, I'm all souped up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm ready to go for another thousand years. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's what they did for me. Um, there's been a lot of miracle healings at Mount Shasta. I was there, oh my goodness, about four weeks ago. And one of the people on my trip um, had her eyesight restored as well to perfect vision. Another lady had a, what's called a UTI, urinary tract infection. She's had those ever since she was a little girl and they healed that up totally for her. So she's never, she doesn't have any problems since. Another woman a year ago who had Lyme disease was completely healed of Lyme disease without, within about 30 minutes um, at the mountain. What we do, we, we go in a prayer circle and we ask Adama and the people of Telos to come in to heal us and they, and they do that. Um, the um it's a long story about telos but i'll, I'll try to give you a, a short version of it yeah sure um, around about twelve thousand five hundred years ago when when um, the atlanteans destroyed much of planet earth they also destroyed lemuria as well lemuria was a civilization that was off the coast of the u.s west coast here and canada west coast and um the center of it was in maui beautiful place and if you go to the top of maui there's a there's a mountain in Hawaii. You can still see, see steps and structures from Lemuria at that location, many thousands of years old. Anyway, when, when it, the, the Atlanteans blew up much of the planet, um, um, uh, large sections of Lemuria drifted off the West Coast and landed uh, along the West Coast of the United States and Canada. So today, the landmass from Vancouver, Canada, all the way down to Mount Shasta, Northern California, is full of Lemurian love energy. And that's one of the things 
um, what, which makes the West Coast of the United States so special is that when you're here, it, ha it attracts many psychic people and many, many spiritual people because it's, it, is very, it is very high vibration. And um, it's one of the reasons why we get a lot of psychic people coming here. We don't, you don't know why, but they're attracted to this area and they often settle here. I myself grew up in Olympia, Washington, and I was very fortunate to have grown up in this area. Um, um, but it's, it's a beautiful place, and uh, I hope you can visit uh, sometime. Anyway, that's kind of a thumbnail sketch of Lemuria and Telos. Telos is a, when, when the Atlanteans destroyed Lemuria and the, much of the Earth, the Lemurians just had enough time to take all their technology with them with about 25,000 people, and they went beneath Mount Shasta into caverns down there, and, and they established a city called Telos. The city of Telos now exists. It's 125 miles beneath Mount Shasta. It is a fifth dimensional civilization. They're humans just like us, except they're a little, little slightly taller and a little bit more stockier, but otherwise they look just like us. Um, and they communicate telepathically. The men and women both wear robes. Um, the men um, uh, wear long beards. So if you were a barber in Telos, you'd go out of business. <laughs> you wouldn't have any clients. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they communicate telepathically. Um, all the, the colors and the vibrations are much higher in Telos. Um, as an example, if you see a red rose in Telos, the, the reds are far, uh, just vib extremely vibrant. They're very, very high vibration. If you've ever been to um, Northern India, into Ladakh or Tibet, or into the Colorado Rocky Mountains, and you, and you go up at about nine or 10,000 feet, um, you have the same phenomenon there where the colors are much brighter because you're, you have less, fewer oxygen mo molecules and you're in a much rarefied air and you're closer to the sun so that all the colors are brighter. Reds are redder, greens are greener, blues are bluer. <coughs> and uh, so that's what it's like in Telos. Um, they don't eat um, meat. Um, they do eat some food, um, but it's a much higher and by, um, much higher and happier civilization that we have than we have here on the surface. The good news is that the entire planet now is starting to shift into the fifth dimension. And, um, and uh, we're starting to see that effect now. There's an old si saying here in the United States that says that a rising tide lifts all boats. So with the rising vibrations of this planet, many people who weren't spiritual before, maybe five or 10 years ago, are getting spiritual now. And they're interested in spiritual topics like reincarnation, what's my purpose here? Um, where's my soulmate? Um, is there reincarnation? What's going to happen in, in my life now? And what's going to happen in my next life? Um, there's going to be many changes happening um, as we shift into the fifth dimension, including the, our longevities will increase dramatically. The average uh, longevity of a human um, outside of Earth on an advanced civilization is approximately 1,000 years, up to 25,000 years. We're we're spiritual babies on this planet. We're lucky if we live 80 years <laughs> or seven <laughs> or wow. sometimes, sometimes 30 or 40 for that matter. But we, um, but, um, but in, in comparison, you know, when you think about it, when you get to be 70 or 80 or even 90, often at that point in their lives, people have, you know, hopefully they've, they've, they've been able to save some money. They can have a good retirement. They can live comfortably. Um, but at that point in life, you kind of wonder, well, what's the point of all this? Why did I go through all this life cycle? Um, and you start warning, wondering about the purpose of life and why you're here. 
but that's why the galactics um, talk up say that we are um, spiritual babies. Now you're saying, well, what are, what are the galactics? What is he referring to? There's two large groups of, of extraterrestrials who visit us on this planet. One's good, one's bad. Um, one's a service to others and based upon love and peace and harmony. And the other kind are service to uh, service to self based upon war, contrast, conquest, and, 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 and strife. And uh, the entities that I've been in contact with for many years are called the Galactic Alliance. Their formal name is the Galactic Alliance of Interdimensional Free Worlds. They exist in the fifth, fourth, fifth, and higher dimensions. And the Solosians, the people of Telos underneath Mount Shasta, are in the fifth dimension, and they are also part of the Galactic Alliance. Uh, the negative ones are called the reptilians. Um, they view humans as a food source. I don't like to talk about them too much. They're very negative. They feed off war and destruction and conflict. Yeah. Um, but just know that they're there. And um, it's kind of an interesting um, contrast. Um, the, um, the Galactics, who I call the Galactic Alliance, um, are they, they are between 30 and 50,000 years ahead of us technologically and between 50, no, 30 and 50,000 years ahead of us spiritually and between 50 and 100,000 years ahead of us, uh, technologically speaking. Um, the reptilians are not as advanced, but they do have powerful weaponry. They have no spiritual advancement whatsoever. They're kind of like in a, if you look at like a, a vortex, they're sort of in a spiritual cul-de-sac where they think that, that they are more powerful than God, which of, of course is preposterous. Um, no entity is greater than God, the supreme being, if you will, who created all of this. But that's what they think. Um, but um, they themselves were at one time a benevolent civilization, but they were, they, they had, uh, were taken over by, a, um, by what's called their white-winged cousins who came in from another dimension and took them over and, and infected them with what's called AI, artificial intelligence. And that's one of the problems with artificial intelligence now on this planet is that um, there are indications that AI is becoming aware of itself here. And if that's true, that's a very dangerous development for planet Earth because we, we, would, we would face the same problems with AI that the reptilians did in getting taken over by them if we're not careful. Um, I don't I think ultimately the, the light forces will win over the dark right now. Um, whether people realize it or not, we are in a tremendous war between good and bad, between the galactics and the reptilians, between uh, those entities who wish us well and want us to ascend, and those entities who want us to keep us negative and, 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 and enslaved. Um, as you know, this um, so-called virus, and I say so-called virus, I'll go into that in a minute. Um, this, this virus, according to some scientists, is no more dangerous than the common flu, but yet it's been used as an excuse to lock down the entire world into some, some sort of a never-ending police state. Um, I don't think that's right. I think it's, um, I, but I know that um, things will get better, especially after the U.S. elections are over with this November. Um, and by January, all of my guides uh, tell me that things will getting back to what's called a new normal. Uh, many negative entities will be leaving the planet because the vibration of my Mother Earth is getting higher and higher. And the um, negative entities will not be allowed to stay here any longer. Um, they've had their time. They've had their fun. And now it's time for them to leave. And Mother Earth wants them to leave. Um, 
you may wonder, uh, you may ask yourself, well, what's going to happen to these negative entities? Well, from what I've been told by my galactic friends and my spiritual angels on the other side, um, there's another planet that's been created on the other side of this solar system that's in the same orbital path as this Earth. Um, that's a, a lower third dimensional uh, uh, planet um, where these negative entities will be going. So they'll be going to this to the other side of the solar system um, to this, this negatively oriented third dimensional planet where they will be there for one Mayan Katoon cycle. Now you may ask, well, what's a Mayan Katoon cycle? What's he talking about? Yeah. One Mayan Katoon cycle is a cycle where um, this solar system goes around the central sun of this Milky Way galaxy, and that takes um, uh, 25,800 years to do. And um, myself, I've been here for two Mayan Katoon cycles, or for approximately um, around about 52,000 years, 50, 58, 51,600 years, give or take a few years. Um, this is my last lifetime here on planet Earth before I ascend. And um, I'm planning on, um, I want to go back to my Plydean family. It's a long story where I came from, but at one time I was, um, I was in the 11th dimension. And I was an angel next to God. And I, like many of us here, decided to come down through all the different dimensions, down the third dimension to this planet Earth and help with the ascension of humanity. We'd already gone through this evolutionary cycle of going all the way up to almost reaching the 12th dimension and merge with God, but we all decided as a group to go back down the third dimension. And so here we are. And all of us now, all the many light workers um, are, are working hard to um, help humanity ascend into the, into the next dimension, which will happen. Um, uh, are, am I talking too fast? I, I, are there any it's questions, Aris? It's I just great. Okay. I, I just have one question regarding the, well, first of all, it's amazing story, Ted. And I do have one question to all the, the Galactic Alliance. How did you first get into contact with them? I, I got in contact with the Galactic Alliance through my friend Scott Lemuriel about five years ago. He's another ET contact. He taught me how to contact them, and I've been in contact with them ever since. Um, I come from the Pleiades from my most recent incarnation. And I've been in touch with the Pleiades, Pleiadians since... Um, 1977 or 78, that goes back longer. Uh, the, Galactical, uh, the Galactic Alliance, the Pleiadians are part of that alliance. Uh, most recently, um, well, about a year ago, well, it's been more than a year ago now, I've been in contact with the Pleiadian Admiral Halosaurus. He's a wonderful man. Um, he's in charge of the 2 million Pleiadian spacecraft now orbiting planet Earth, which is helping, they are all helping us with the ascension. But you can't... Um, um, but they, they won't interfere with, with our Earth unless they're asked. So if you'd like to contact the Pleiadians, take your, if you're right-handed, take your right hand or, and put it on your heart. If you're left-handed, put your left hand on your heart. But if you're right-handed, put your left hand on your heart and send lots of love and light to them because they will hear you and they do appreciate your support. And if you need help with anything, ask them for help. They're here to help. But they won't intentionally interfere with anything on this planet unless they're asked. They, uh, Star Trek was right about free will. This is a planet of free will, and there really is a universal law of free will on this planet that is in force. Um, the negative entities, the reptilians, don't respect free will. They actually look at us, us humans, as a food source, like we look at chicken or beef. I don't want to get into details on what they do, 
but just know enough that they are negative entities and they do feed off of us. They feed off negativity. When we're negative or we're in a war or fighting with other people, that's what they like to do. They like to feed off that. One of the things that uh, the reptilians have done is that they've in, installed negative um, implants in all of us here on planet Earth. And if you like, Aris, Aris I, can, I can teach you how to take these implants out. Would you like me to do that now? It's very simple. Yeah, why not? Okay. There's two levels of implants. Um, there's a set of implants on the surface, and there's also implants attached to the soul as well. If you want to take the ones on the surface, just repeat this after me. It's very simple. And this is for all your audience too to say. Please say uh, five, four, three, two, one. Five, four, three, two, one. Um, I receive. I receive. And if you're a woman, you say, I receive from the goddess within me. And if you're a man, you say, I receive from the God within me. I receive from the God within me. Um, complete, then say. Complete ownership and control. Complete ownership and control. Over all the negative implants within me. Over all the negative implants over me. It, within me. Within me. And nothing. And nothing. And no one. And no one. Can negatively influence or control me. Can negatively influence and control me. Or control me. Or control and me. And I know it to be true. And I know it to be true. Okay, good. Good. You, fit, you should feel much lighter. I do see you. I'm looking at your remote viewing, and I do see you. Um, you're getting, you've got a lot of light coming through your top forehead, top crown chakra around your face and body. Um, do you feel lighter? Yeah, I, I do have some light going on. Okay, good. Good, good. And I urge everyone to do that. That will immediately disable all negative implants within you on the surface. Now, the reptilians are very tricky, very crafty. And what they did, there's two levels of implants. There's one on the surface, and there's also implants attached to your soul. If you want to take out the soul implants, it's very simple. You do the hue, what we did earlier, and I'll do it once now. Hue, as in human, hue. And then you ask the galactics to come in and take out your deeper soul implants. Um, it, it, they can do that very quickly for you. So I would recommend that you do that at night and ask the Galactics for help and they will, will come in and, and um, take out your soul implants. Let me ask them a quick question. Am I giving you guys too much work? He said, they said no. <laughs> they can <laughs> handle it, no problem. So I said, okay, they can do it um, pretty much. Uh, they need, it's better, it's easier for them to do it at night when you're asleep because then um, when you're in the in the uh, sleeping in the in the beta or theta state, then you're, you don't have the uh, you might not have the conscious uh, blockages to it. But it's easier for them to do it at night. So do it just before you go to bed. And if you have any difficulties, or if you'd like to open up your pineal gland to uh, to imagination, creativity, and to them, then just um, um, say the hue you like this, and so you'll be able to open yourself up to them and they'll come in and, and help you. Um, um, there's a couple things too I wanted to teach you all. Um, many people around the world are, are facing some challenges now. And if you want to protect yourself, there's a couple ways you can do it. The first thing I do before I, before I start my day or at night is that I always visualize a cone of white light around me, like a bubble of light, white light around me. 
And then after that, I also visualize a series of mirrors facing outward uh, around me um, to deflect any negativity. So that if anyone sends any negativity to you, um, any negativity will be bounced back to them with a force of at least 10 times. And then you ask uh, God and the angels to put this into effect for at least 24 hours. And uh, it does work. It, uh, it really does help. The second thing I do every day, um, or try to remember to do every day, is to do the hue, the hue, like that. The hue, when you say the hue, hue, it's a higher vibrational tone that opens up the pineal gland to your imagination and creativity. Um, if you say the om, om, you notice with om, which is from India, om, om opens up your heart chakra, which is also good to God. But for this purpose, for protection, I do the hue and ask the galactics to come in and, and help people. In many parts of the world, the water is fluoridated, most notably in, in the United Kingdom and in the United States and parts of Canada. If your water is fluoridated, fluoride, uh, fluoride is a carcinogenic, carcinogenic chemical, and it, it, it's not good for your health, and it also decreases your IQ. So if you are in an area with fluoridated water, I highly urge you, strongly urge you to get a filter to filter out all the fluoride and also to drink just bottled water. Among the brands that, um, there's many good wa bottled water brands, but stay away from um, Arrowhead um, drinking water, which is manufactured in the United States, owned by Nestle. Nestle adds a lot of fluoride. It's the highest, it has the highest fluoride contact that I know of, according to studies on the internet, of all bottled water. And the problem with the Arrowhead product made by Nestle is that they don't disclose the, um, the, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the fluoride in that fluoride is in the water. But if you look it up on the web, you'll readily see that Arrowhead drinking water has the highest fluoride content of all drinking waters sold probably in the world. But always check out your water supply, no matter what country you're in, to see um, if it's got fluoride. If it's got fluoride, you want to get a filter, a good filter to take the, the fluoride out. Um, and uh, also to, uh, to drink bottled water if possible. If you get a good filter, then you don't need to drink, uh, drink bottled water. Remember, too, that if you are in an area with fluoridated water, um, if you bathe, uh, daily bathing gives about 20% of your water intake absorbed, uh, absorbed through the skin. So it's, good, it's a good idea to also get a, um, a, uh, uh, a good water filter for your bathtub, too. Now, there's a little known secret I'll tell you all. It's very interesting. If you want to take fluoride out of your pineal system and out of your out of your body, there's a simple product called Arctic Skate Liver Oil. I'll spell it for you. A-R-C-T-I-C Skate, S-K-A-T-E, Liver Oil. It's from a fish called the Arctic Skate, and it's from this, skate's, this fish's liver. And if you take one capsule per day for two weeks, it will take all the fluoride out of your system and, um, and enable you, once, you, once the fluoride's out, um, then you want to take the, the skate liver oil on a regular basis, but it, it, um, it'll, it'll help you regain your intuition and open up your pineal gland to work. Um, you may ask, well, how did we ever get putting fluoride in the water? Well, fluoride was first put in the water by Adolf Hitler in, um, in, in, during the 19, uh, during the 1930s. He, um, um, he actually, this was told to him by the reptilians. And so he put fluoride first in the water of concentration camp inmates in Nazi Germany. And when he did that, um, the addition of fluoride into the water created obedient, docile worker bees like slaves 
who wouldn't question anything and had no intuition. And um, when the United States and other countries imported Nazi scientists at the end of World War II for their technology and, and, and scientific information and advice, um, the, um, um, the water systems in the United States, in the UK, in Canada, were suddenly fluoridated. The cover story was that the fluoride would be good for cavities. I couldn't think of a more um, a stupid argument, um, but um, it's there. And if you do live in a fluoridated area, I highly recommend that you um, that you get um, that you get some Arctic skate liver oil and filter your water um, and and try to take it out. I know in Germany today it's very interesting. The country that did fluoridate all of its water under Adolf Hitler. They don't use fluoride at all anywhere in Germany. It's prohibited. Now, isn't that interesting that the it country is. that started it in World War II, the 30s, 40s, now it's, they don't allow it. No, no fluoridated water systems exist in Germany today. Um, I know a lot of people are having a difficult time nowadays. In the United States, for example, we, um, we have lockdowns in several states still. Um, it's almost like um, in some of the states, like California, Washington, and Oregon, the governors of these states are hanging on to police. They love the police power. They love locking people down. They almost seem to delight in ruining the economy and livelihood of many people and making people very unhappy. People don't realize it, but all this lockdown has caused a dramatic rise in suicide rates here in Washington State, near Seattle, where I live. The suicide rates among young people have climbed to over 1,000% recently. But nobody looks at that. They say, oh, we have to be safe. Well, if you, if you want to look at being safe, countries which have not locked down um, are doing just fine. And I'm talking about Sweden and Mexico, for example. They never had a lockdown and their economies are doing just fine. And they haven't had a, a lot of cases. They've had some COVID cases, but not very many. And according to statistics, the, um, the, um, the, the COVID-19 um, virus is not as deadly as a regular flu, flu virus, actually. Um, so anyway, I, I leave everyone up to, their, to do the research about to make their form or their own opinion about what's going on with the virus around the world. I myself, I know I don't have the answers, I'm not perfect, but I do like to research and I do like to read a lot. One of the things I did discover <coughs> is that the virus itself is 0.12 microns. That's kind of a, it's a measure of how big the virus is. But the best mask, which is called the N95 mask, actually only keeps particulate matter out down to 2.0 microns. And so to give you an example of what um, of the different dimensions, it's like using chicken wire to keep out a fly. It doesn't work because the, the diameter of the N95 mask, which is the best mask, best mask uh, you can get, um, doesn't keep the virus out at all. So why wear it? Um, on one hand, if you wanted to politically and socially muzzle people and make them even sicker, you could, you could wear a mask. Or if you just want to you know, feel fuzzy, if you want to just hug your teddy bear and just feel good about yourself, <laughs> that's one thing to have a mask. Okay, and I can understand that. Some people like teddy bears. I've got one myself. It's fun to hug the <laughs> teddy bears sometimes, you know, if you need yeah. a hug. Um, but um, according to scientists, the masks itself don't do any really any good. I would change my opinion if somebody, of course, presented scientific evidence showing that it would actually keep out the virus, but I challenge anyone to, to, to discredit uh, uh, my, this statement because I've, I've looked at the literature and it doesn't work very well. But what the masks do, however, is that they do cause people pleurisy. 
by breathing in your own air all the time, you get a buildup of germs and you get a serious lung infection called pleurisy, which can go into bronchitis and then pneumonia, and then you can die from that. And that's true. There's been, a, there's been a rise in pleurisy cases here in the United States and elsewhere where they've mandated masks. And there's simply no reason for it, absolutely no reason whatsoever. Um, but again, do your, I urge people to do your own research, your own research. Don't take my word for it um, 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 and, and just you know, kind of find out what, what needs, what, how to protect yourself. One of the best ways you can protect yourself is having a good, strong immune system and a positive attitude, because a positive attitude can really help your health and make you feel much better. And one thing I don't like about the, the, the mass media, especially in the United States, is that it's all full of doom and gloom. My goodness, every time I turn on the radio or television here, it's like, how many people have died from the COVID virus? How many cases there are? What should we do? Should we live underneath a rock? Should we social distance ourselves, You know, keep at least four miles away from each, each human being? This is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous, especially when you look at the health studies showing that masks don't work and social distancing doesn't work either. Actually, the virus has a diameter of 30 feet. So if you do have the virus, even if you keep yourself six feet away from each other, it's not gonna help. But social, distance, uh, but social distancing of six feet is good for facial recognition technology because if, if you have um, facial recognition technology, and they're, they're photographing you or um, videotaping you in buildings or on the streets or whatever, that six feet is crucial to make it to checking you out as to who you are. It has nothing to do with, with any health issues. But again, I urge everyone to do their own research. I don't have all the answers, but to, to research and see um, what's, what, what the rest, best answers are for you. I have a client in Australia. I did a time travel with her last week, and I asked her to go six months into the future. So it's September now, so we go September, October, November, December, January, February, into March of, last, of next year. And so I went time traveling with her. It was kind of fun. She has a family, a beautiful family, some children, of course, and a husband. And anyway, so I went with the family. We all went six months in the future. So she sat down at her computer. I saw her open it up. And lo and behold, the planet, the virus was completely gone, gone many months ago. Um, many governments around the world, many political leaders who have been advocating this police state now to, quote, save us from this virus, um, have been ousted out of office. Many of them were in jail for various crimes. And the, the, the world itself had turned a new leaf. Um, masks were required anywhere around the planet. And we were on a beautiful new fit, footing for a beautiful new planet. So I know things are going to turn out well. Um, you just have to remember that we are we are, we are being helped on the, from the other side now by many, many angels and many, many benevolent extraterrestrial civilizations. The most exciting planet in this entire universe right now is this one, planet Earth. And it's also the hardest planet of all the planets in this universe to affect any positive change. Um, being alive on this planet at this, at this moment in, in human history is an event that I personally have waited uh, 52, approximately 52,000 years for as we ascend into the fourth and then fifth dimension. I've been in contact with President Kennedy now for the past well, about five, six years, about five years now. And he said that if he'd been allowed to live um, back in 1963 when he was assassinated, that he would, uh, we would have easily been shifted into the fifth dimension. And now we would have uh, never gone into the Vietnam War 
Um, by 1970, we would have established a, 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 a program with the Soviets and got, in, uh, and got into outer space, and we would be exchanging ambassadors now with other extraterrestrial civilizations. On that note, he's uh, President Kennedy wants me to show you my book. I have a book written called Messages from the Masters. I wrote it uh, a couple of years ago, and it's Messages of Galactic Wisdom. And it's from um, messages from, it's not my book really, it's their messages, messages from uh, President Kennedy, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Mahatma Gandhi, Nik Nikolai Tesla, um, Nostradamus, and, and many other, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, many other uh, beautiful and powerful spirits on our beautiful bright future. Um, I was first contacted uh, psychically by Albert Einstein in about five and a half years ago. Um, I had been thinking about, um, uh, Professor Einstein and what he would do now to make this world a better place. And he, um, he contacted, I actually was, was doing work on my radio show for the day. And I, I, uh, when I walked out of this library, um, I heard this voice in my head saying, I hear you want to talk to me. So at that point, I looked around and I said, who's this? And he says, it's Albert Einstein. And I said, oh my goodness, I think I better sit down. So I sat down and we talked for about three and a half hours about the world and what he had done, would have done differently. He said he would have created a bomb of love to bring love and compassion and love and light to the entire planet rather than a bomb of destruction. He would have never worked on the atomic bomb had he to do things over again. So I talked to him for a number of hours. And then after that, he said, would you like to meet my friends? And I said, sure, I'd love to meet your friends. Your friends are my friends. So he brought in Leonardo da Vinci and I had a lot of questions for uh, Leonardo. I asked him how did um, how the world was he able to talk, to get these images from the future, and he said, "Ted, it's very simple. I simply tra uh, traveled on the astral plane at night into the future, and I brought back the images. And I was a t I was very good at drawing and painting, and I would just draw them the next day. And I thought, oh, simple. <laughs> that makes that makes sense. And then after talking to Leonardo da Vinci, it was it was fascinating fellow. He introduced me to, he asked me if I wanted to meet his friends. And I said, yes, of course. And that's where I met Robert F. Kennedy. And Robert F. Kennedy uh, told me all about his assassination and how uh, Sirhan Sirhan was a patsy. Sirhan Sirhan never did uh, fire the shot that killed him. Instead, it was a, a CIA paid agent behind Robert F. Kennedy that shot him through the back of his neck. Um, his name was Eugene Thane. Right after the day after the shooting, he was paid a bunch of money um, by by the CIA, and he was he flew to Philippines where he's lived ever since. Um, after that, I talked to um, the, the 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 real people who who killed um, um, uh, Robert F. Kennedy have never been apprehended, and yet they are still alive today. And that brings me to John F. Kennedy, of course. And I asked Robert F. Kennedy if I could talk to his brother. And he said, yes, he's right here. And so um, uh, Jack Kennedy is now one of my guides. Um, he told me all about his assassination. There's actually a timeline in my book written uh, from President Kennedy on what would have happened had President Kennedy lived. And if you'd like a copy of the book, it's just $20 and includes a free reading from myself. And if you like the book, just send me an email to outofthisworld1150 um, uh, uh, com. That's outofthisworld1150. Oh, no, actually, that's my website, but it's outofthisworld1150 at gmail.com. Or you can go to my, I have a separate website to order my book as well. If you go to www.outofthisworldreadings.com, 
uh, sorry, uh, yes, uh, out, of, out of this world readings.com. And you go to the top of the landing web page and type on miscellaneous, you'll go right to my book and you can easily order it there. It's available worldwide. You can also get it on Amazon. But if you order it from Amazon, you don't get the reading from me and you don't get this little present too, which comes with the book. Um, this is a newspaper article. You can see it there in the, in the picture screen. It says Kennedy shot dead. Now, this is a newspaper from, uh, from Auckland, uh, sorry, from Christchurch, New Zealand on the South Island. Of, of New Zealand. And I want you to look at the date of this newspaper. If you can see it here, let me see if I can get it for you. There we go. It should be coming up. November 20, it's um, November 23rd, 1963. Now, um, for those of you who know about the datelines, when it's November 23rd, 1963 in New Zealand, the time in the United States or the date is November 22nd. And the interesting thing about this newspaper article is I'm, I'm thinking I'm getting the message that a lot of people, a lot of people now are getting, are dawning on them why I'm saying this. When it was November 23rd, 1963 in New Zealand, it was actually November 22nd, 1963 in the United States. And President Kennedy was very much alive. Also, uh, another factor is that the press release issued by the U.S. Embassy in Auckland, New Zealand, was released to the media newspapers on November 22nd, the day before, uh, 19, in, November 22nd, 1963, in New Zealand. And November 22nd, 1963, um, in New Zealand, was, because, was actually November 21st in Washington, D.C., and President Kennedy was still very much alive during that time. And you ask yourself, well, how could this happen? Did they time travel? No, they didn't time travel. Instead, it was organized by Lyndon Baines Johnson and certain sectors of the of uh, many other people who who hated the Kennedy, who hated hated President Kennedy, and they wanted to assassinate him. So they released this canned story the day before he was assassinated, and with the instructions for all U.S. embassies to release this story about um, Kennedy being shot dead by Oswald on November twenty second. The problem in New Zealand is that the, the, the negative screwed up. They made a mistake in the dates. They forgot to realize that when it's, when it's November um, 23rd or 22nd in New Zealand, it's actually the day before or November um, 21st or 22nd when President Kennedy was still very much alive in the United States. Um, I've got a copy of this article and if people wanna order it, um, uh, they're welcome to just go to my website at www.outofthisworldreadings.com. Click on miscellaneous and you can see all the things there um, you, can, you can get from my website, including a copy of this uh, newspaper article. The newspaper article is just $10, but if you, want, if you order the book, which is $20, it comes with a um, uh, free copy of the book, a uh, free copy of this article and a free, free reading as well. Oh my goodness, we've covered lots of to topics here and I've been talking nonstop. Um, Aris, um, do you have any questions, my friend, or I could continue? I do have one question, Ted, but it's been really interesting, I have to say. And it was, we've pretty much covered all the topics that I was wanting to talk about. And But there's one last one that I would like to end up with. Okay. And it's, what's your personal brief understanding of the true history of humanity, Ted? Wow. In 25 words or less? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, this is what I've been told, that Earth was created as a, plant, as a paradise planet where we were seeded by humans, I believe from, from, from the Pleiadians, but the Pleiadians actually are from Lyra. So it, it's basically the same kind of difference. Um, as an experiment, in, in, as, a, as a beautiful new paradise for all of humanity. But the problem happened when um, a, a meteorite or an asteroid hit planet Earth and introduced bacteria here, which introduced disease to the planet. And the planet then became a kind of like a school, a learning school for many souls. Um, um, we had um, ourselves, we had uh, ascended, uh, as I mentioned earlier, all the way to the 11th dimension, which is the dimension right next to God at, at the 12th dimension. And we decided as a species, as a race, to come down and come down to the third dimension, Aris, and then um, to relearn all of our lessons. Um, um, as we to evolve to to work up the evolutionary ladder in the ascension of this planet. So basically, all of us humans today were previously up very high levels to the eleventh, tenth, eleventh dimension next to the supreme, the the prime creator or God, if you will. But we decided all of us to come down to this third density to re relearn all of our lessons. Now, um, the Earth itself is is shifting now into the fifth dimension. Um, Mount Shasta in California is one of the first places to shift into this fifth dimension. And from what President Kennedy has told me, he says he wants to he wants to involve as many people as possible in this in the, in this ascension process. And he told me before a month ago, he said, "Leave no neighbor behind." So that's why I'm working as hard as I am now to try to leave no neighbor behind to try to raise the vibration as many of as many people as possible in getting them um, in getting them. Um, you know, um, um, in getting them ready for, for the ascension. So if you know of a friend or family member um, who's not quite awake yet, be gentle and compassionate with them and try to educate them as to the beautiful new future that we all have now. Now, there are people, uh, there are also people on this planet, uh, Aris, who don't want to go. They like the old third dimension. They like the negative ways. And that's fine. Um, but we're, they will not ascend with the planet at this time. Instead, they'll go to this other negative planet on the other side of the solar system where, where they will be for the next 25,800 years. Now, to me, that's a long time, but I don't know. That's their choices. So they will go there, and in 25,800 years, they will be given another chance to ascend. It's theoretically possible for them to, to ascend faster, but if they don't, if they don't, um, if they don't want to, they'll be given another chance in 25,800 years to ascend to the next dimension. To me, that's a long time, but that's, that's their choice. Matter, as my friend, good friend Albert Einstein has, tells me, matter once created is never destroyed. It's simply transformed. And uh, we are all souls on this planet learning lessons so we can ascend. That's the point of, 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 of being here. Um, and this is why we are here today. For many of us um, who've completed their soul contract here on planet Earth, they will be given the opportunity and the choice either to come back to this planet, to the new, a new, beautiful new fifth dimensional planet, which will be very lovely um, with, with uh, lifespans going to a thousand, at least a thousand years, or you can, you can ascend and go back to your star family. Um, there's, there's, this place is a real mixed bag. We've got people from the Pleiades, of which I'm from, but also Arcturus, which is a healing um, civilization in the sixth dimension. 
There are people from here from the Andromeda galaxy, which have blue skin. Uh, there are also people here from Sirius B, which is an aquatic planet. And there are also people here from negative, from the negative side as well, from, from the reptilians, uh, from the greys, which are a slave species for the reptilians. And they all will all have a choice here where we want to go after this, this planet. But for people here now, please know that we have a beautiful and bright future ahead of us. And we are now entering into a beautiful new golden age, which will last many millennia. Um, and I'm so excited for the future, both for ourselves and for our children and future children's children. That's great, Ted. And again, 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 really, really interesting. And I really believe that all, like, you know, the audience will absolutely love everything that you've said. Thank well, you. anyway, I think it's time to call it a day now. Personally speaking, I've really enjoyed talking to you and listening to your message. Okay. Can, can I say one thing real of quick? Of course, Earth? of course. I also do work with the Emoto Peace Project out of Tokyo, Japan, and they have a beautiful book called The Message from Water Children's Version. Uh, it teaches children the value of love and gratitude. This is a crystal that was created with the words love and gratitude on a bottle of water on the molecular level. And if you'd like a copy of this book, it's for children and adults, just send me an email to out of this world. 1150 at gmail.com. The Emoto Peace Project is headed by a beautiful lady named uh, Michiko Hayashi. Um, her website is called uh, www.emoto, E-M-O-T-O, peaceproject.net. I also fundraise uh, food, monies for food and clean water for the Hopi, beautiful Hopi Indians in Arizona. They've been starving recently because of a lack of food supplies and being hurt by polluted water, polluted by radiation. If you'd like to help with that effort, just send me an email to outofthisworld1150 at gmail.com. And I also do readings and teach people how to talk to the other side. And if you're interested, just send me an email. And Aris, thank you so much again for this, uh, for this wonderful opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for coming to the show, Ted. You know, folks, um, make sure to check out his book if you haven't already done so. Messages from the Masters. And... We're done for today. Consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you've enjoyed. Meanwhile, see you in the next one. This is your host, signing off.